You're tuned into Toby Talks, episode 19. From bedside to nursing informatics, let's talk health IT. Now, let me be honest with you guys. When I hear health IT, I literally think of people from like Google and Apple and Microsoft, real techie kind of guys, you know, working in the hospital somewhere. I don't know, developing platforms and systems for us, right? Because that's what we all think about when we hear health IT. But boy, oh boy, was I wrong. I had no idea that nurses were actually in this field as well. I mean, think about it. We think that our healthcare stops and starts at the bedside, but think about all the technology and devices that we use, the charts that we use to document and electronically, our devices when we're taking blood sugars, our Dynamaps. Oh my gosh, nurses are everywhere. And I am so excited to have Danielle, creator of InnoNurse, sharing what it's like to go into nursing informatics. She is sharing the full picture of how social media plays a part and how the technology and devices truly help our patients care. I'm really excited and I know you hear that in my voice. So that means I'm talking too much. So let me go ahead and hop into this conversation. So let's go ahead and just hop into this conversation. Tell me, how did you even become a nurse? Like, where did that come from? And what are you currently doing now in the nursing field? Uh, I started, um, I always loved science and I thought it was really uh, fascinating and how the human body worked. And I just really wanted to know. And I actually volunteered at the Red Cross um, at a military base in San Diego. And I was taking my general science and I got to see what um, the doctors are doing, the OBGYNs, the nurse practitioners, the staff nurses, the corpsmen. And I really liked uh, what like the nurse's role, what they were doing. I found it really fascinating. Um, Finished my general science at San Diego, uh, got my undergrad at uh, San Jose State in trauma, and really just loved it. I loved that it was every time I went to a new patient, it was different. Um, When I started, uh, I did transplants for a year, then trauma, and then I just traveled. And I traveled across the U.S. working as a trauma nurse in all sizes, and then uh, I would go and spend time in Europe. Or Central America and take some time off and see how did other clinicians uh, kind of do their role, what kind of technologies, you know, they were using. And that's kind of how I started. Wow. Amazing. So currently now you're more engaged in um, healthcare technology, right? This is correct. So after uh, traveling and I'd go back and forth to Europe and see what they were doing in Central America, um, I discovered Association Hymns. And through that, I kind of found my tribe or my community. And I said, this is kind of where I need to be and start trying to work on figuring that out. And I went a couple of years and decided, okay, it's time to go to graduate school. And I found, I'd been looking for a while what I wanted to, but I couldn't find anything that really held my interest. And I found nursing informatics. And it was a whole new um, breath of life, things that I um, had you know, just no idea or clue that even existed. Learning about project management, learning about promotion, learning about social media, uh, learning about um, a whole host of new technologies in health and e-health and telehealth. And through that, I decided uh, halfway through, like, oh, you know, I'm in graduate school. I need to create something new. So that's when I created my site, InnoNurse.info, before I graduated. 
So time I actually did graduate, I did have my own company, my own brand, my own uh, concept. Because when I would travel across the world, not everyone understood what nursing informatics was. So by me coding the site, by me cataloging the site, the information and having a two year advanced graduate degree, I could say, you know, the information I'm finding is valid. And that's kind of how it's really the next phase of nursing has really taken off for me. Wow. I'm First of all, <laughs> let me be completely honest with you. I never was even like told about, you know, nursing school. You think you, you got the full grasp of, you know, all the other fields and nursing when you really don't. You were kind of just only taught about bedside nursing, really. So to hear exactly. that you were only taught about bedside, you hear a little about maybe like occupational health. That was something that was talked about. I trained like in hospice and community health was part of my undergrads. I knew about that. I heard some rumors about some people working in pharmacology, but that was kind of the extent of the breadth of it. Um, And going forward, one of my things I'm hoping at the end of this year is to work with a few nurses doing um, a conference training before Mm. the graduates actually graduate to teach them about project management, to teach them about what does it mean to do like pharmacovigilance? What does it mean to, um, why do you get your certificates? How is it to work, you know, as a corporate level executive nurse? Um, Those things, those words, those acronyms, I didn't know even existed um, when I was in undergrad. And really kind of developed and learned as I went in graduate school. Wow. And I, I, I hear that. I hear that a lot. And even now, like, a lot of uh, my friends and colleagues, there's this push that in order to be exposed to this other side of nursing, that you have to go to grad school to know that other side of the world, which has always been a challenge for me because I've gone into, I guess, the corporate side, which is, you know, more of the administration aspect of doing quality and process improvement or risk management. But I didn't go to graduate school. It's kind of, I found out just being very engaged and involved in my hospital. And now because of that, I'm now knowing and hearing so much about, you know, health technology. And that kind of raises the question to me is, should nurses be more exposed to this um, in their undergrad? So they're able to, because when I think of grad school, I think of, oh, this is my specialty. And now I want to deepen dive. I want to dive in deeper. But if I've never been exposed to any of this, Um, then grad school is almost like that extra stepping stone to learn more about it instead of actually being diving in and being experienced. So from your point of view, do you feel like health technology should be more at the undergrad level and and discussed more so, you know, nurses that are coming into the field kind of have more exposure? In the U.S. is starting. There are a couple of, uh, off the top of my head, I know Emory, uh, they have a a bachelor's uh, in health technology uh, there is also Howard. Uh, I think he's doing like a maybe a two-unit cor- course. Don't call me out in um, health technology or nursing informatics. So schools are starting to integrate it in the um, undergraduate programs. Um, and I see a lot of nurses really doing health technology, but not having the words that they're doing it. You know, mm. the fact that we're nurses and we're talking about health technology and, you know, we're having this podcast, we're, we're using it. Um, you know, if you were taught how to do podcasts as part of your undergrad, you know, how do you do it? How do you set it up? How do you uh, create your overlays? How do you create your graphics? Mm. You know, that would have been very helpful. <laughs> wow. Didn't even think you about know, that because I learned all this by myself. So that makes it by Wow. But if you had that, that, you know, 
that certificate, that piece of paper behind what you're doing to give it the validity on top of it, you know, that's like the next level. So what you're doing, a lot of people don't know how to do. So there's all these people doing all these different things that are wonderful. And so my whole goal is when I share information is to have it where everyone can get you don't have to do all the slices of pie, but at least be exposed to what's out there. Yeah. And then you go, okay, I can take the best of this. I can take the best of that. Let me learn from this. How, how do you do that? So I really try to be the communicator and like get all the information together and share it kind of, you know, cause I'm a librarian. Mm-hmm. So we're exposed. So all of it is, is, is exposure. When I'm in Europe and I'm in like Norway or Denmark and I'm learning about drones and healthcare, I'm learning about um, AI, or you're working with like an AI company, and you're bringing your clinical expertise, you have to know some of the technical to be able to explain it back, mm. you know, to any parts. And that's what nursing informatics is. That's nursing in general. It's like, you're the communicator, you're the translator. So if you don't know the language of the technology, how are you going to explain it to someone else? Very true. Wow. That's so amazing the way you just on, put on it their all level. together. Yeah. It's not on the same level, you know, across the person, but on any level. Cause like when we talk to patients, we're supposed to speak to them on third to fifth grade level. You know, if you're talking to legacy slash and you're explaining technology, it's not that, you know, they may not be bright or they're not educated. It's a new language and you need to explain to them on a level that they can understand. This is so true. Even now um, in my in my hospital, we have a nurse that is um, certified in EPIC and she is the communicator, the lingo between the doctors and, and the nurses of what we need to see on EPIC. And then she's also on the tech side where she can talk techie code stuff on that side, you know, but she's able to exactly. be in the middle to communicate to both aspects. And I think people don't realize and that's that. Nursing yes. You should be able to look to the business people and explain it to them. You have to yes. explain to IT, to the doctors and nurses, to the, to the certified nursing assistants, to the dietitians, because they're bringing something in, you know, this person has a specific trade, that's, you know, you know, disease, and they have to enter into the computer, and it has to be correct when it gets there, or, you know, the trades are going to come behind. So you have to be the communicator, and you have to, you know, really be able to break it down where someone can digest that information and take it away with them and own that information. That's 100% true. So I want to know from your aspect, because you seem to have like got the exposure from traveling as a nurse and then hopped into um, the health technology side of it. So what made you, you know, leave bedside? Did you have any apprehensions when you were leaving bedside and, be, and to get more focused into healthcare technology? Well, part of me was no matter where I went uh the er was always the er to a certain point too. I, you know i learned about different snake mites learned about lyme disease learned about scorpion bites and different things but one thing was consistent everywhere i went the technology was different so uh. i was always good at technology i was always you could i would say you could always drop me off with like a scalp on a crayon like i'm good it didn't matter so when people were kind of crying in the corner you know they didn't know how to turn on a computer and I said, you know, there has to be something to this. There's got to be something that I could do. So that was kind of like my initial trigger, saying like, there has to be something to this technology. There has to be something I could do to make this better. So that was my initial, like, how do I go about changing this? And being in Europe, and someone told me about him, and then once I saw it, I said, okay, this is how I, I change it. It starts by changing yourself. And then after a year, I said, I don't have, I have the clinical skills, but I don't have the use of language. And I don't think anyone's going to teach me 
on their own or give me that knowledge. I need to go get it for myself. You know, there's a whole host of things like, say, for example, I did trauma, but initially I thought I'd want to do um, like mother baby. Mm-hmm. I got there. I said, okay, this is for me. What am I going to do? I spent all this money, all this time. And then I discovered the ER. I said, okay, this is for me. So as your nursing career evolves, you, um, you know, people will change. People might do oncology for a while, then they'll switch and do something else. So it was more so I really liked the technology and I was ready for a change. And everything was kind of just, you know, repeating. I, I thought initially when I get into it, the, we learned about a lot about research in undergrad. And there was never a point for me to actually study and do research. You know, where are my papers that I can sit and research this patient and make sure that, you know, we're doing best practices. Um, that wasn't occurring. So, so, okay, you know, I really like this technology. What else out there in this room that I do not know? And that's when I discovered, as my teacher says, okay, you're going to build an app today. I'm going to build an app. An app? Like a real app? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess I'm building an app. Okay. You need to make a YouTube channel and you're going to do all the, um, you know, the top, say, time, risk management, all the levels of project management, and they're going to respond to each other on Twitter. Oh, we have to have a Twitter account, too? Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then that's when I discovered, you know, Twitter and using video, creating video. How do I upload it? How do I create it? How do I label it? And then respond to other people's videos on Twitter. And then I had graduated and I was looking for uh, my next role and I found I wasn't getting a lot of um, feedback. And usually as a, a nurse, when you're an undergrad, you know, it's, it's not that hard to find a job at the bedside. But I found it a lot more challenging. You know, I'd made my own company. I was doing my own thing. But I wanted to see what else was out there. And I found that people weren't really willing to open the door. So I uh, quit my full time job and I said, OK, um, my suggestion was let's do tweet chats full time. So I spent a year teaching myself how to go to tweet chats. How do you write a tweet? Um, how do you get followers? How do you engage with other health tech people? And really just doing it full time and not just doing just health tech learning. You know, how do they do it in um, other disciplines? Because you can always learn from other disciplines and pull in from what they're doing into mm, what you're doing. Mm. So I did that for a year discover my tribe, my community, people say, hey, let's meet up at this conference. Oh, okay. And then taking that online to offline and meeting these people that I met online around the world face-to-face. And now we just meet up at events all over the world, exchanging information, uh, working together, and then um, teaching each other, teaching other people you know, about the tribe, about social media, how to communicate, how to engage, how to use tools like Slack. Um, wow. Why is it important to write a blog? How do you write a blog? How do you catalog it? You know, where do you place it so it can be seen? And how do you respond back using emotional intelligence? Um, how do you write blogs for corporations? Um, how do you take that graduate level research and make it digestible for a larger community? Uh, just really, you know, they always say if you really like something, stop what you're doing and really just do it full time. It's always like, how do you do that? People, how did these people do that? Right. And like, do you got money saved up somewhere? Because uh, exactly. bills still come economics, in. Economics planning. So I had mm-hmm. planned those three years while I was in graduate school and did the economics, did the budget, paid my debt down, got everything organized and structured. I said, okay, I'm going to give myself a year. Well, I saved enough. So I have full year 
to make the best decisions I can make and not just do something because of economic need. And then me, a colleague of mine that I met on social media, on LinkedIn, him and I started working together and we had a year of yes. Let's speak at a conference. Yes. You want us to write an abstract? Yes. You want us to do this? Yes. 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 Wow. Well, when we show up in Australia, no problem. You want Denmark? No problem. Malta, see you there. Spain, no problem. I'll be there. Figuring out how to get there. <laughs> Figuring out how to structure your housing. Figuring out your budget. Because you remember you only saved for a year. Yeah. It's part of the year, you know. And building your own, um, I guess the best way to put it is, you know, like say you work a year or two at the job and people are okay, now you're vetted. Basically doing that for yourself, getting your own skills, mm. volunteering, working up to advisory boards, working on your own skill set and picking skills that uh, other nurses do not want to do is my favorite thing. Yeah. You know, you want to do risk management, great. You don't want to do the economics, great. You don't want to do social media, great. Thank you. I'll do it all day long. You know, saying no because everyone always said yes to you in undergrad for whatever you wanted. Now people are graduating and people are telling them no. No, no, I'm not going to give you a job. No, not interested. Um, people are looking for certain things because you're at a new level. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to build up basically, quote unquote, your street cred for people to come to you. And that doesn't happen overnight. It's not like when I went to undergrad and I took my test, decided I graduated that Wednesday called and applied for a job Thursday and was hired Thursday night. I applied wow. for one job. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of people are coming with that mindset of this is all I had to do to get a job. Now it's two months and I don't have a job. You know, there's people that are getting um, degrees that necessarily might not give them the skills they need for the job they want to do. Um, you know, I hear a lot of positive stories and a lot of horror stories. Mm-hmm. And you really have to do your homework before you pick your graduate degree and spending this money. And will you have a job after? What I find people have jobs after, they had to get the degree for the job they already had. That Does that make sense? Is so true. You have to go get this degree or you will be fired in three years. Yeah. Or you have to move. Or sometimes nurses get caught up on titles. <laughs> look, at the, look at the actual meat of the job. Exactly. And that's what I'm seeing now. Like I see a lot of um, a lot of millennials that are literally going back to school to get jobs that they didn't even know they can just get as a registered nurse with a bachelor's degree. And then they're not even utilizing the master that they actually got. And it, I actually want to table back to something that you said earlier where you were saying that it, your, your career, your life, everything evolves you don't have to stick in one place. And as you were just talking, I'm literally like reflecting on like, you know, I started in peds and I went to mother baby, then I did traveling and now I'm in quality. And now everything that you just described in health technology is what I am doing. Like I had to literally, I never used Twitter. I thought Twitter was the most annoying thing I've ever heard. And I literally created a whole Twitter channel. I created a podcast. I didn't know how to, I never knew how to do this. I literally sat on YouTube and watched a heavy read, hello you can do anything you really can you really but can. a lot of it with nurses is fear and it doesn't yeah. matter the age i meet legacy staff and after i have a conversation with them they admit you know i was totally afraid i said you can't sit there and say you know you want a world-class job you want to swim in the ocean and you're 
sitting in a creek in your mm. backyard. Mm. Very true. You have to get out of your creek. You have to go hustle. You have to go volunteer. You have to go, you know, put your little cute outfit on and go to events and smile. You need to be on Twitter. You need to be everywhere networking. You know, yeah. a lot of them didn't build networks. They just applied to a job. They didn't know anyone there. They don't realize that you need to have a vast network and produce. You're saying you're a graduate level. What are you producing? Where's your website? Where's wow. Your Where's your Twitter account? Where's your blog? What events are you going to? Where's your calendar? Are you sharing your calendar? Are you doing graphics? What, what are you doing that says the title, this piece of paper is backing up? What are you showing? Mm -hmm. Are you just sitting there in the creek wanting to go play in the ocean? You better, I, girl, you, you got me on the pedal. I'm on the edge of my seat right now, just taking in these gems. This is so good. In the backyard, not even the creek down the road, you're in the creek backyard and you should be in the ocean. But that's mm. what you want to do. If you want to be in the creek, that's fine. Just don't complain about being in the creek. Hello? Don't you complain. Know, are you doing the job that you that feeds you? Is that what you are? Are you your current role or are you the role that you paid money for to go to school? What role are you trying to do? Because you can't do both at a certain point. Mm -hmm. Change everything and give, you know, you have to switch gears. And, and that's usually the big situation. People um, are hesitant to switch gears. I like that you're bringing that to light because I wanted to ask you, like, what is your, what is your, your views of nursing when you're at the bedside versus now in health technology? Like, has that changed or what do you, what are the differences you see in between the two? Well, technology at some point's always been like if you're an OR nurse, use technology. If you're using a pump, you use technology. So it's just more of a fear of a mindset. Um, to me, my big change is I, I'm i the nurse for the nurses now. Um, I help them to understand the technology that they're using. So when I go in the hospitals across the world and I see, you know, the technology being used, like when I was leaving uh, I went to a conference and the nurses, uh, there were a lot of CEOs, a lot of VPs are very high up, uh, didn't want the nurses to have smartphones, personal smartphones. Hmm. They thought it was bad. And the person made the point, you know, this person paid a lot of money to go to school, to get these degrees, these certificates. Why are you assuming they're doing something wrong? Why is that the first inclination? And now years later, they're giving everybody smartphones. So people are, are using technology, but it's ch that change of mindset, or I'll talk to a nurse in Malta, nursing informatics. And he said, I want, because in say Malta, Italy, they use Facebook more. So each country has different social media that you use. Like why well, I want them to engage. How do I get them to engage properly? I use set up the policy and procedure. You know, maybe you do a contest, maybe you do something that gets them involved to respond to you on Facebook for the hospital, you know, and then what I always state, if people say you're using technology and obsess the patient, I never had that issue because anytime I used any technology, I would sit with the patient and I would show them what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I'd bring the computer over and I would chart next to them. I could see this is where I'm putting your vital signs. This is where I'm putting in the note after writing this language so the next person can understand that this is what I'm saying. So I never had anyone call on the call like because I spent the time with the patient to show them what I was doing. Even if I was on my phone, I was looking up a pill like, OK, this is this app. I'm using it to check this pill because you don't know the name of it. And you have these bag of pills and you have to figure out what they are. Wow. And it started turning where patients were like, OK, I don't use a piece of paper to write my medications down. Here's my phone with my list. You can wow. take it from here. OK, great. Thank you. I'll sit down and put all this in. So 
people are only afraid of things they do not know. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people, they can't explain it. So then they're afraid to show people because they'll make feel like they're incompetent and they're not. They just, you know, don't know the full breast of what they're doing in a way that they can explain it to someone else. This is, I just love these examples that you were given because I think, like you said, when you don't know, you don't know how to explain it to others. But my thing is, I like how you were able to use that time that you were charting to be engaged with your patients. Did you find that difficult when, if you've ever been like overstaffed and you have like probably nine or eight patients, did you still have that time to be able to chart or would you choose to chart in the I room never with in that position. Okay. The state of California, you only have four. Okay. So if someone's innovated, you can't show them, but you can show the family. The doctor might explain the medical part and then I explain the technical part. So then they were confident at what was, you know, going on or it's called like nursing engineering. Make sure everything looks good <laughs> before yeah. you go in all set up and ready. Um, so I, I didn't have that issue. Even when I did transplants and I would have six. Most of the time they were sleeping and then when they were, if they were awake, then I would show them. So it wasn't extra time because you're going to chart anyway. All you're doing is turning the computer. This is true. I mean, this is 100% true. And then once you explain it the first time and then you do it again, you don't have to explain it. They know what you're doing. Yeah. And they feel more comfortable and confident knowing that you're they taking do. this time to, to um, diligently, you know, write down everything and, and document everything. And they understand. And it's not just like, oh, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. You get to stay in there and even do those. I, I would stay at the bedside in charge. So when I left the room, the patient was taken care of. And so to me, taken care of is, you know, they look good from head to toe, their medications are done, the room's clean, the trash is taken out, the sink, anything that would make me feel uncomfortable if I was like in a hotel room, mm. I would eliminate the irritant. So if you remove any irritant, then where's there a complaint? You did holistic Even care. if it's not your job to take out the trash. Yeah. If they see you take it out, or oh, you know, um, I'm going to take this out and uh, call somebody to move it and put your trash can back in a minute. Is there anything else you need to put in before I take it out? It's just a little customer service thing. Mm. The very first day I went into the hospital, I was taking the bus to the school. There's another nurse on there that just graduated law school. And I remember she was uh, pregnant with twins. And she told me, she's like, remember this, no one sues their friends. Go make friends. So I go make friends and I just continue to do it. I go make friends all over the world. Go make friends. <laughs> no one sees their friends. friends. Wow. Their friends. I think that's and the wisest thing I've heard today. <laughs> you know, your friends. Go make friends. People will write letters and complain and say all kinds of things, but they always put on the letter. But Danielle was excellent. I know you, you dropped hymns a couple of times um, and just, for the, you know, the viewers, that, I mean, the listeners that don't know what HIMSS is, do you mind just going into like a nice little overview, kind of describing what HIMSS is? Basically, the uh, way I can start, it's an international health tech um, society system. So there is a Europe is an American version, a headquarters in Chicago. There's a European version. There is a Middle East version and uh, Pacific Asia version and they have um, conferences in um, all over the world. Mm-hmm. So next year it'll be in Orlando for Europe. I just came back from Sitches for Hims Europe um, being social media ambassador. So I was lucky to be social media ambassador for both. Mm-hmm. Um, and it covers everything from education 
Um, you can volunteer as a student. That's one thing that I, I push that a lot of people don't find out to after they graduate. They could have, you know, volunteered. Mm. Um, there are communities within the community. So there's listed communities like uh, the Hymns African American Group, which I'm on the, the steering committee. Uh, there you can uh, prepare posters for the nursing section. You can uh, send in to be a speaker. They also have a floor or a vendor section where you can meet. They have an education section uh, for the American version. And then in Europe, um, to me, I really, I really like it's a little more intimate. Uh, we, we eat together. We uh, kind of do everything together, do hospital visits, um, educational sessions. So it's it's a different um atmosphere both, but I really enjoy them. I also, uh, last year was lucky to go to Onsen, Denmark to uh, speak, to do social media, and I'm hoping to go back there as well. It's called uh, WIN, and that'll be happening this October. So just lots of things. Uh, HIMSS has local chapters, so uh, this year, early in the year, I uh, was on a committee, and we put on, uh, it's called ICS event. We did a one-day conference with education, speakers, uh, vendors. And I spoke there and did social media as well. Um, so there's all different kinds of ways to get involved from the local to the national and international level. Um, there's just so many, I was in Europe recently, I was in, uh, once I left Sitges, I went to France and there was, uh, I went to Paris Health Week, it was like 30,000 people. Got to see uh, nurses, uh, they had a whole nursing floor, uh, education um, in French. Wow. And French communities in uh, the Caribbean, French communities in Africa uh, were there. Uh, we had to meet some of them in Canada. Montreal was there. Um, I went to UNESCO and did social media there as well. So I was really excited to be at a UNESCO, um, you know, building in, in Paris and have the headphones and listen. And someone's translating into English. And wow. uh, they're talking about different healthcare in uh, French-speaking parts of Africa, in India, and in France, and the whole conference based on uh, reverse innovation. Mm -hmm. um, talking with doctors from L'Oreal and the challenges of, um, say, women coming from Africa into France uh, using bleaching creams and the cancers mm, that they're getting. Yeah, um, yeah. Health to reverse that. So it's just so much going on around the world, and I would say that's one thing I do not see a lot of. Um, and nurses at the uh, bedside going to conferences. Um, I, I remember some talk about it when I first started. So it might, you know, charges might go to like, you know, emergency room conference and mm -hmm. go, you know, I spent a few hundred dollars and looking back, it's like, you know, people spend way more to build a network, to build a knowledge base, to um, understand, you know, healthcare technology from a global viewpoint. So, that's one thing I, I wish if I could go back is uh, convince myself and convince a few people to do uh, some conferences and kind of see what was going on, you know, beyond the creek. I think that's a hundred percent true. I feel like, or not what I feel like I've seen it where a lot of people don't know a lot of nurses on the, on the units don't know that they have opportunities to go to these different conferences. And that was actually the next question I was going to ask you for a nurse who's probably at the bedside, um, who's really probably um, very curious or want to know more about the health technology side. Would you advise them to, you know, go to these techno I mean, go to these conferences for hymns or go to these different engagements, even though they don't have, I guess, heavy experience and knowledge, but this would be able to be more of a bigger exposure for them. Would you um, promote that? 
the, even uh, meetups, even going on local meetups. Um, there's even like say Health 2.0, which was purchased by HEMS. They have a large presence in the Bay Area um, uh, startup house. Uh, there's an event called uh, J.P. Morgan uh, Chase that happens uh, once a year in January. So last year it was like four conferences or three or four conferences at the same time mm. uh, in San Francisco. So even just going, so you don't even have to pay a lot of money, just going to a, a meetup and just seeing, you know, building your network, mm-hmm. building your level of understanding. Because uh, most states, not all, I know Arizona doesn't and Vermont doesn't. But you have to have CEUs. So instead of repeating the same free CEUs, um, going to actual conference and getting um, some new education, some new light um, really can change your perspective. And it doesn't mean you have to, you know, necessarily leave bedside, but there could be technologies uh, that you can have a better understanding of to help your patients. Because now patients are coming with the technologies and want to know how to use them. They, they want their wearable information into their portal. They want their information into their chart. You know, just simple things, even asking them what their user and glucometer that to be entered. So now yeah. you have this technology where you can't dock it and put it in because that's usually the toughest thing is the, the, the POC information. Yeah. Um, how do you engage with them with their own technology? Yeah. You wow. Because if you can engage with them, that builds trust. So you, sometimes you have to go out on your own and improve your own knowledge, just as you did to get your degree. And there's, to me, you just can't do one thing anymore. That's that's the big mindset change. You just um, you can't be a bedside nurse, yeah. and this is your job. This is your only avenue for knowledge. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. You have to, uh, like you said, ch- check YouTube. You have to dig and research more beyond you have to curate you have to network uh, go to tweet you have to do more yeah. to better understand because uh, the patients are gaining so much more information they, you know e-patients you know you need to be able to have a conversation with the patient but the patient knows more than you mm-hmm. they're and telling the patient, you about devices that you don't know about and you're like yeah you know about this and you're like wait what device no i just know about this scanning device and it's that's a hundred right, and this is all that i know mm-hmm. uh not that they're they want to have a conversation and that kind of kills the conversation it does it really does and that's the same thing like when i was working in pediatrics i'm i'm naturally a big kid so i like to play around a lot but when you're working in peds it's not just you come in clock in and take care of your patient you need to watch all the newest disney movies you need to know what's going on um in the kids world that you can relate to them because if you don't know the the latest movie that came out, but you're trying to help a kid from crying or being scared of you, that's the one thing you need to know to do. Like, hey, remember um, Princess This? And, da, da, da. and then they love you because they're like, oh, yeah, she knows what they're I like. They're not up on Frozen. They are not trying to have you. They ain't trying to. <laughs> no, if you ain't up on Frozen, if you ain't up on Trolls, if you, you they don't want to, you're not on their level. If you don't know not one yeah. of the minions, they don't want to talk to you. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing. Like, you you don't want to engage with me what's important to me, and these things are important to me. I've seen Frozen in like four languages now. And I was like, you're you're fancy. You are using tablets. Your patients, it's not just the person in front of you, it's everybody. Everybody. You have to understand where they're coming from to be able to get them where they need to go. Wow. I mean, I'm just so engaged with this conversation today because it blew it blew my mind. And I think, like you said, we do kind of disconnect when we think of health technology. We literally 
think of as a nurse, you'll think of, oh, those are the epic people, the tech people and all that. But no, we are a part of health technology because we are using the devices. We are charting on these health technology systems that are being created. The coolest thing about what you said, I just, the evolving part is so important. Like, Understanding you that you evolve. evolve, like you're not just one stop shop bedside only. And granted, I personally feel like I was, I wasn't given the full holistic opportunity of nursing in nursing school. Cause I think they can only teach you so much. But I, like you said, the focus is now changing, and it's now being more, um, more open to other areas of nursing. I yeah, really, it's almost like a funnel. And yeah. So that's my goal. Uh, I have a meeting tomorrow, <laughs> and. Uh, I've written down the things that I know that if I was six months away from graduating, that I would definitely want to have in my pocket to prepare, Mm. Um, you know, roadmap. Um, Because what I've learned, what I'm learning is still current. What students and I hear feedback from, what they have a difficult time is someone that used to do what they did 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they no longer do it, and they're teaching to somebody in this era. Mm-hmm. Nursing is always evolving, always change. It's just the increments of the change are quicker and quicker. Yes, yes. Or maybe in five or ten years, and you maybe could have like sat back and just you know really dived into one area and really worked that one area. Um, you can't because everyone's kind of, you're, not only is your cheese moving. The cheese has gone out of the building. The building's burnt down. The truck has already left. Gone. Flat it's gone. It's gone. Not only is it gone, it's gone on the ship, and the ship has already set sail. <laughs> You're looking around looking for this cheese in the burnt out building with the truck is left with everyone else, and the ship's already sailed. Yeah. That's and this exactly. is just coming across some of the information that they're getting. Yeah. It's not this is not knowledgeable. They just haven't been in the field since the 90s. And this, and that's a hundred percent true. And that's a heavenly amount of our educators out there. That's there's literally, if you look at the educators, that's majority of what we're seeing in a lot of these schools are the older ones that, you know, it's that disconnect. And so then the students are like, you know, I know how to use technology possibly better than the teacher and nobody's saying it out loud that this has happened. Yeah, and I'm not afraid to say like I chose. I have a. I will be a faculty at the University of New England um, this fall. Oh and wow! Congratulations! Thank you. Which is a big deal because I applied before. I'm like, how do people get these jobs? How does this work? Yeah, and it was doing the things I knew I need to do to improve myself on a global level. So my whole mindset was five years ahead. You, no matter what, no matter what people say, no matter what people do, if they say you're too expensive or they say this, this about you, you stay five years ahead no matter what you have to do because it's going to pay off. Someone's going to see what you're doing and, you know, what you have built and they're going to recognize where you are. And the school, they recognize, they were said like that, they were fans. I said, fans, let's, let's collaborate. That's the term, collaborate partnership, do this. And I always look at stuff. So you have to do a class. I don't know if you know this. You have to do a Blackboard cast for, uh, to teach. And mm. so I thought it'd be a couple of videos. Well, no, it's an actual class <laughs> that I have to attend. I was like, oh, okay. And they said, introduce yourself, do a bio. And so I thought about it. And my mind's always thinking, what can you do that's 
five steps ahead. Mm -hmm. So I wrote out a bio and I said, hey, why don't I do a video? Why don't I put some links to some articles that I've written in the last two months? You know, thinking current. Mm -hmm. Now thinking, you know, a lot of people want to rest on, you know, something they created 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And and you can't do that. So I said, okay, it's going to take me some time. I'll let the teacher know. So I sat and I wrote out the bio. I created the video. I set everything up, put it on YouTube, shared the links. You know, sorry for the delay, but... I didn't realize I was going to be in a class. <laughs> Once mm. I realized, like, here you go. So you have to always, okay, they want this, but why give them something static? Give them some links to something, you know, that's current. Give, do a video, do something that's, um, you know, relevant. Mm-hmm. And I would have done an IGT video, but I can't figure out how not to get my face so big on there. I'm still working on that. <laughs> And you can't be afraid to, um, I think a lot of people are afraid to fail and you have to, to try, you have to be okay with failing. Mm-hmm. It's hundred percent true. Coming from a professional failure here. Uh, I failed in nursing school. I failed my NCLEX. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, you I'm okay. You can't because it happens and you learn from that. A lot of people are afraid to fail or to be embarrassed. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not you, you, can't, I'm you not. can't shame someone that has no shame. Yes, thank you. No shame. No shame. You, you will retard yourself and mm-hmm. you won't progress. Mm-hmm. You need to stumble on something new and keep at it and keep trying. And, and because you're investing in yourself. The tools I buy, the things I do, the time I'm spending with you, it's an investment in you and it's an investment in myself. And that has value. Time mm-hmm. has value. I was literally going to ask you if you can like give some advice to anyone who's interested in nursing informatics, but this whole conversation has been nothing but advice. So if you're listening to this and you haven't written down anything she said, feel free to re- re-rewind this whole conversation because I Homework. literally I'll give you the advice I was given. Um, they said, when you select your school with someone in another country, you recognize that school. If you're sitting in Singapore and you say the school you went to, will they recognize it? If you're sitting in, you know, uh, Austria, will someone recognize your school? If you're sitting in Italy uh, at a conference in a small town and they go, oh, where'd you go to school? And you say your school, will they know where that school is? The school's reputation needs to proceed itself in a positive manner um, because that's going to be your first lead out into the new world, into the new field that you're going into. Mm -hmm. And you have to think, Globally, um, this isn't, um, a, I hate to say it, but this isn't a backyard game. This is global. And you have, even if you say, okay, I'm going to do informatics, but I'm going to stay at the bedside, you still have to think globally because people travel. What if yes. Ebola shows up at your hospital? Yes. What are the procedures that you do for that? What if someone with Zika shows up? What are the procedures that you do that? What's the workflow that you use? Do you know the workflow was designed in uh, a hospital in Spain? Do you know there's a, a tool, an app that you can use to do the logarithm? The that world will show up to your door. Mm-hmm. If you keep playing in the creek and the ocean shows up, you're going to be drowned. So you, you have to have more knowledge to do your current role, no matter what your role is as a nurse. Um, you don't have to be in nursing informatics, but you still have to know the technology and tools because they evolve so fast. If you put your head in the sand, you'll, you'll never, you'll, you'll miss all the knowledge information, better take care of your patient. 
So if I take care of the nurses and they have the knowledge, they better take care of the patients. That's how the information kind of trickles down. I build the confidence in the nurse. You can do this. This is how you do it. It's mm. not as hard as you think. This is hundred percent. Wow. You're like five foot one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? This is a hundred percent knowledge right here. I really use your area and really work your area and expand your knowledge and you will be more confident. You will be, the patient will be safer and your license will be safer. I just, I'm just overwhelmed by so much information and and knowledge from you, especially in the IT, health IT. Like there's sides of it that I've never even thought of or were exposed to until I've had this conversation with you. So I want to thank you so much for your time, but I really want you to let my listeners know where they can find you, your website, how they can follow you and really get in touch and see how you're bringing health technology to the, to the front um, while some people are still in the back, you know what I mean? So tell me how can we're we're so quick and that's okay. We can, <laughs> we can bring you to the ocean. Uh, you can always find me as I tell everyone face to face. I'm not hiding. You can Google me, Danielle Ciari. My website is innonurse.info. So innovation nursing. So I N N O nurse.info. And uh, branding purposes across all my channels, it's innonurse. So Twitter, innonurse. Instagram, in on nurse, IGTV, YouTube, everything's in on nurse. Awesome. Well, you guys have it. That's how you can reach her. She ain't hiding. She even said, Google me, honey. I'm out there. Hmm. So, Ms. Danielle, I want to thank you so much for your time today. I know I have learned so much, and I am just so happy that, I mean, I know I've been chasing you down for a while now, so I'm so happy you were able to take some time out. I'm like, where's Bald of nursing? Like, where is she next? It's like, Iceland. Like, she's Iceland? Yes. Yes. And I just, I follow you on um, LinkedIn. I'm just like, all the cool things that you're just bringing to the forefront about technology. So, I think it's amazing. And if you guys aren't following her, please do, because she is like an open book. She's ready to share everything. So I want to thank you so much for your time. I've enjoyed so much of this conversation. So again, from my heart, thank you. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Thanks everybody for listening. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. There were so many gems dropped. And if you want to reach me or hit me up, feel free to contact me through my email at tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Again, that's tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Feel free to follow me on Instagram or slide me a DM. That's at toby.talks. Again, IG, toby.talks. I also got Twitter, like everybody else. So feel free to hit me up. And my Twitter is this is Toby Talks. I look forward to talking to you guys very soon. And remember, I'm rooting for you. So go out there and be great. Till next time, talk to you later.